The New York Islanders rolled the dice in Vegas, and they lost. We have a complete rundown of what went wrong against the Golden Knights, plus the same old problems that are haunting this Islanders team. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. We have got a lot to get to on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, Send us an email to LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on X at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on X at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all things Islanders all season long and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's great to talk Islanders hockey with you, game time or any time, so reach out and let's talk a little Isles hockey. All right, tough weekend, Islanders end up falling in Las Vegas, final score in this game, 5-2, to two. but you know... It was a frustrating kind of a game for the New York Islanders in so many different ways. But the biggest was this. They are, again, very, very inconsistent. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. The first period was a very good period for the Islanders. But, and again, there's always sort of this but, uh, they couldn't finish. And for the first you know, let's say 16 or 17 minutes of the game, the Islanders were out playing the Golden Knights, even though they fell behind one nothing. And then you had a very strange goal by Matthew Barzal that initially wasn't called a goal. Barzal started celebrating. He knew the puck was in. They go to a commercial and they come back and they're yeah, like, oh yeah, by the way, they reviewed the goal and it, you know, they went back and looked at it. And it is a goal. So that gave Barzi his 
Goal had tied the game at the time at one, but then after the first period, the game truly turned. It really belonged to Vegas after that point. They were in complete control of the game for the final 40 minutes. And even then, the Islanders were not fully out of the game. And the turning point in this contest came with less than a minute and a half left in the second period. At this point, it is two to one Vegas, and yet the Islanders are still in the game despite a shaky second period, and that's when everything falls apart. Nicholas Roy gets a goal with uh, a minute 19 left in the period. Clearly, on this play, you had one of the Vegas Golden Knights in the blue paint, practically making, you know, making either slight contact uh, with Ilya Sorokin. The Islanders challenge the goal on goalie interference, and they lose the challenge. And I, I've seen the replay numerous times, and it, to me, the reason they lost the challenge is because of what the call was on the ice. This was a tough call. Was he in the blue paint? Yes, the, the player was in the blue paint. Did he make some contact with Ilya Sorokin? Yeah, he made some contact with Ilya Sorokin. But was it substantial contact that prevented Sorokin from doing his job? That's where you sort of get a little more iffy. And I give credit to Lane Lambert and the Islanders coaching staff in the, the uh, press box for challenging it. It was worth the challenge. It was, you know, borderline. You certainly could make a very good case that there was goaltender interference on this play. But I think, realistically, the bottom line is that if on the ice they had ruled it goaltender goaltender interference, it would have stayed goaltender interference. But because on the ice they ruled it as not goaltender interference, they weren't going to... It was one of those borderline plays that no matter what the referees on the ice called... 85-90% likely that they would not change it because there was evidence, but was it undeniably conclusive evidence? It was close, but not definitive that there was that that Ilya Sorokin was really impeded from doing his job. So I didn't like the fact that they didn't overturn it. That's the logic they used, and this particular gamble by Lane Lambert ended up really hurting the New York Islanders. Why? What happens when you challenge and lose? Well, that's a delay of game penalty. And so the Islanders go shorthanded. They manage to get through the rest of the one minute and 19 seconds of the power play that was left in the second period. But then you go into the early third period Jack Eichel scoring 31 seconds into the third on that very same power play, and it's more or less game over at that point. You're down by three goals. 
Matt Martin does come back with a hustle goal. Great hustle by Casey Sezikis to uh, create the, the turnover on the forecheck. Great job by Matt Martin to go to the net and lift the puck up from in close and end up beating the goaltender, Logan Thompson, and, and making it 4-2. to two. And at that moment, you're like, hey, the Islanders have a chance. But a little more than a minute and a half later, another goal given up, and that's game over. It, it, it just sort of ended any chance the Islanders had, even though there were still 15 minutes worth of hockey left. And, you know, one good period out of three against the defending Stanley Cup champions is not going to usually be enough to win a game, especially on the road. And, you know, every day, as you may remember, Friday, you know, we had Chris Golick of Locked On Vegas Golden Knights do a segment with me, and we were talking about how Vegas is not playing well. They're not on all cylinders. They're struggling with everything right now. They only won three of their previous 10 games, so maybe the Islanders were catching them at the right time. Here's the deal. When you have a first period like the Islanders did, you need to finish. And the Islanders did not do it. They did everything but finish. And they only got the one goal that was only actually indicated on the replay by Matthew Barzal. So, you know, when you dominate a period and you're out shooting the other team and you're out chancing the other team and... You know, you are clearly the better team out there. You need to be able to have a lead as a result of doing that. And the Islanders didn't. You know, they outshot Vegas in the first period by a margin of 15-9. to And I think Vegas got a couple of shots late in that period. Overall... It shouldn't have been 1-1 after 1. The Islanders should have been up 2-1, 3-1, whatever the case may have been. And yet, they weren't able to do that. That set them up for some failure. And then, well, again, we will talk a little bit more about some of these issues that kept popping up that ended up hurting the New York Islanders. So, uh, we will get to that. We will have our hero and goat of the game, plus for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We have a defenseman who played for the Islanders in the mid-2000s. He was with the team for one year, gave them solid D during that season. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We have got all of that and a whole lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, and their best price guarantee, so Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. My favorite feature on Game Time is that you can go on the app and see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And look, the other great thing is that with, you can get last-minute tickets 
on game time, not only up to the start of the event, but an hour after it starts. Game time is the place to find deals on last-minute tickets. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Locked On has launched the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league, including the NHL. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. So this game, so frustrating in so many ways. And uh, let's talk a little bit first about the lineup. No changes. Uh, Matt Martin still in. He scored a goal. Hudson Fashing still on the bench. Semyon Varlamov not available. He was also a scratch. Ken Appleby, the backup goalie again for the Islanders. And, of course, Oliver Wallstrom still in the press box as one of the team's black aces. And overall, the defense continued to be an issue for the New York Islanders. And, you know, they went with Dobson and Romanoff, Bolduke and Mayfield, Riley and Aho. And y- y- you look at this, Riley and Aho, guess what? Both minus two in this game. And, you know, they struggled. The other trio that was minus two was the top line. And it's ironic because they did score a goal. But, you know, you had Horvat. Barzal and Lee each at a minus two in this game. Brock Nelson doing very well in the faceoff circle, 10 out of 14. As far as hits, Cal Clutterbuck had six, Matt Martin five, Julian Gauthier also had six hits. And then in the block shot department, Scotty Mayfield led with three. Noah Dobson, no surprise, 26 minutes, 24 seconds. He led all players on ice in that category. But overall, you know, it it was just one of those situations where the Islanders came up short in so many different ways. They had opportunities. How snake-bitten right now is Kyle Palmieri? And Palms, the Islanders desperately need more production from the second line. And, you know, we had Pierre Engvall recently uh, sit out a game. He was a healthy scratch as a result of his lack of uh, productivity. Right now, I I think you got a similar problem with Kyle Palmieri. Hasn't scored since December 13th and has a total of three assists since then. So, In 11 games, he has no goals and three assists, and he doesn't have a point in his last six games. That's not going to get it done for a top six forward. And, you know, the thing about Palms, he is so streaky. And when he's hot and when he's on, like he was early in the season, maybe the first 
you know, nine or ten games where <coughs> he was like at a point a game pace. He can carry a team. He can carry a line. He is so productive. But when he is slumping, and right now he is indeed slumping, uh, it is so frustrating because he just can't seem to buy a goal. Had a shot on a breakaway. Could not cash it in. The encouraging thing, he did have four shots on goal. That's the highest total he's had since the goal slump began. And, you know, you got to be able to go out there and keep shooting the puck because eventually one of them will indeed go in. But this, right now, the Islanders need the Nelson Engvall-Palmieri line to be more consistent and to just be more productive. And if you think about it, that Palmieri in those 11 games where he has uh, no goals, his plus minus is minus eight. And you also have to remember that Palmieri is on the power play, uh, either first or second unit, and that they need more production. We, you know, Engvall did score after being benched. Brock Nelson is still being productive, although it's almost exclusively come on the power play. Early in the season, that second line was by far the Islanders' best. Right now, it is struggling, and they need some kind of a turnaround from that line in order to be more offensively productive. As far as hero and goat of the game, uh, I'm going to give hero of the game to Matt Martin and Casey Sezikis. That line was a plus one, and when you add up the the five hits that Matt Martin had, the hustle that he showed on the goal, Casey Sezikis, great on that four check. He had three hits and three block shots, so I'm going to give them co-heroes of the game, and the goat of the game for me is going to be the duo of Riley and Aho. Not that they didn't do some good things at times, especially Riley offensively, but overall defensively, this group just didn't get the job done. And uh, that is something we're going to discuss later on in the show because so many of the problems the Islanders are having are like familiar problems that are hurting this team. And it's something that Lane Lambert and company have to get straightened out. And it has to be sooner rather than later, if the Islanders are going to get back in the playoff hunt. I mean, you look at the standings right now, and, you know, the Islanders win a game, and they're in second place in the division, lose a game, or or get an overtime loss, and they drop now right down to fourth, could easily drop to seventh. It is so tight right now in the Metropolitan Division that the New York Islanders just do not have a margin for error. And I don't have to tell you how difficult the schedule is going to be. You have Vancouver and Toronto, two very talented offensive teams, coming into UBS Arena this Tuesday and Thursday. And then you start a road trip that takes the Islanders to Nashville, Minnesota, Winnipeg, and Chicago. So two tough home games, four road games, the Islanders in the next six games, they're going to have to get at least nine or ten points uh, in order to stay competitive in this division. 
And to do that, they're going to have to clean up some of what we saw in Saturday's game against Vegas. All right, we have got more to get to on today's show. We'll talk about some of those things that need to be cleaned up and cleaned up quickly. We've got that, our Islanders' birthday of the day, and a whole lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, and the app is so easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You could use their new Explore tab to find bets, or you can head over to the Parlay Hub to make a parlay. That's the best way to find the most popular parlays, and there's so much more. And look, you've got the end of the NFL season, college football's championship game coming up. You have college and pro basketball, and of course, hockey as well. Check out the odds for the Islanders and the Canucks tomorrow night at UBS Arena. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So the problems, I mean... I think they're pretty self-explanatory. Again, the penalty kill doesn't come up big. You had that that key PK after the Islanders made the challenge, couldn't get it, and as a result, they end up being down 4-1 to one when just a few minutes of ice time before, it was 2-1. to one. And again, giving up goals in bunches. Uh, you know, the the goal that put Vegas ahead 2-1, to one, a minute and a half later, it was 3-1. to one. And then less than two minutes after that, it's 4-1. to one. That's three goals in about three and a half minutes of ice time. That's not going to work. But really, it was defensive breakdowns that continued to be the biggest problem for the New York Islanders on the ice. And we've seen it so often right now. And I, I, I think, you know, the the Islanders are very well aware. Here's what Matt Martin said. Uh, we could do a better job communicating and executing coming out of the zone. Against a team like that, once you turn the puck over, they can hang on to it for a while and make some plays and be pretty threatening. The breakdowns tonight happened in the second period when we got extended. The guys are pretty tired. We're not able to get full changes because we're just getting the puck to the neutral zone. So only one guy is coming out at a time. Then it's harder to execute and break out cleanly. Guys, you're halfway through the season. You got to be able to break out cleanly by now. You got to know what your assignment is. And not only was it a problem with the breakouts, 
And that definitely, definitely was an issue in a lot of ways. But covering players, covering guys, uh, you know, there were two goals in this game by Jack Eichel, and he was wide open on one of them where nobody was touching him. How many times did we see two Islander defenders go behind the goal and then nobody picks up the forward? Eichel was supposed to be picked up on that first goal by Bo Horvat. Horvat was late. Two players behind the goal. Horvat doesn't back check quickly enough. Bam, it's in the back of the net. And the difference between elite scoring teams or really good teams versus average teams, the difference is really good teams finish and take advantage of these mistakes. They make you pay. And, you know, the final shots on goal in this game, when you look at it, it was right even. I mean, the Islanders actually outshot Vegas 30 to 29. So that's even. But Vegas had great chances and finished. The Islanders created some really good scoring chances, but could not finish consistently enough. And that is, again, something they need to work on. A, finishing when you get your chances, but B, and this was so frustrating, be sound positionally on defense. I know Lane Lambert is trying to get more out of this team offensively. And it's working. They're scoring goals most of the time. But it is sacrifice defense to a point where it's really hurting the team. And look, I know there's three defensemen hurt right now. Two of your best in Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock. And Pellick did not end up playing in any of the four games on this road trip. He's still skating. He's been described as close to being able to return, but he didn't return again. Hopefully today, Monday, we'll have an update on his status when the Islanders practice and watch for us on X as we'll give you that information as soon as we hear it because hopefully he's back in the lineup. But defensively, they're still not positionally sound and getting caught out of position like that and, you know, being just having difficulty clearing the puck out of your own zone and transitioning from defense to offense. These are things that have been a problem for this team all season, that and the penalty kill and not being able to finish sometimes. These are the reasons this team is struggling to win consistently and is losing so many leads. They've got to take advantage of the fact that this is still a veteran team, they should know better. Lane Lambert, Doug Huda, you got to start coaching up these guys and making sure they know what to do because they know what to do. They just have to do it and do it consistently, and they're not making the adjustments that we need to see. They did it better against Arizona, but again, you want to win consistently, you got to be picking up the right man, not being caught behind your own goal, two guys all the time. These are fundamental hockey 101 things that this team needs to do better. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Today, uh, well, actually, yeah, Sunday was the 47th birthday of former Islanders defenseman 
Brent Sopel, the Calgary, Alberta native, a six-round pick of the Vancouver Canucks back in 1995. Made his NHL debut for Vancouver during the 98-99 season. By 2000-2001, he was a regular and stayed with the Canucks till the end of the 03-04 season. But after the lockout, he joined the Islanders for 05-06, played 57 games, scored two goals, 27 points in 64 penalty minutes. The Islanders then traded him at the deadline to the LA Kings, played for the Kings, a second stint with the Canucks, the Blackhawks, the Thrashers, and the Canadiens, then went to the KHL for a few years before one final AHL season with the Chicago Wolves. Sopel played in 659 career NHL games, 44 goals, 218 points, 309 penalty minutes, add 71 playoff games, 4 goals, 18 points, and 20 penalty minutes in those. And uh, Sopel, by the way, did win a Stanley Cup during his NHL career, that one with Chicago. His best game as an Islander, how about March 2nd, 2006, at the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders hosting the New Jersey Devils. Martin Brodeur, the goalie for the Devils. Rick DiPietro, the netminder for the Islanders. And our Islanders' birthday of the day, Brent Sopel getting the Islanders on the board first with a power play goal. Alexi Zitnik with the only assist at 8.35 of the second period. This game... Uh, ends up going to a shootout, and the Islanders end up winning it by a score of 3-2. to two. So the Islanders emerge with the win. Sopel gets one of his two goals as a New York Islander and uh, played well, really, in this game for the Isles. Uh, ended up with a goal on four shots and was on ice for 31 minutes and 10 seconds of a game that went beyond, obviously, 60 minutes, went the full 65. But uh, Brent Sopel is our Islanders' birthday of the day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We will have the latest injury updates. Hopefully, we will be getting uh, Adam Pellick back for Tuesday's game, but we'll let you know whether he practiced and what the latest updates are. Uh, Plus, of course, uh, we'll have a full preview of the game against the Vancouver Canucks on Tuesday night. Uh, So make sure you join us for that. By the way, got to do a little shout-out before we head out. How about the toughness of Casey Sezikis? He took, uh, you know, hit the boards face first in the first couple of minutes of that game. Managed to return after not even missing a shift, I don't think, uh, and ended up making that aggressive forecheck to set up the goal. So to me, uh, real toughness shown by Casey Sezikis. Had to mention that. But have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.